Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's actually off looking for a Rocco's Modern Life shirt. Anyway, on with the show. Mr. Phil, how are you? I'm quite well, thank you. It's a little bit of a strange one because uh, we are in Leeds. Um, you're here staying in my apartment, so you're on my side of the world. Indeed. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're sitting here next... Well, you're lying here next to... Well, no, you're sitting here next to me um, in the room that I normally sit in and record the podcast from while you're back in Sydney. And Indeed. I look out the window here that, you know, you can see it's a little bit difficult. When the window's open, it's a little bit easy to see other. But, um, and also when it's daylight. But uh, Generally helps. Generally. But, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's, hmm. it's good, though, to have you here and... Good to be here. Excellent. I'm glad it is. Yes. Glad it is. Um, you are coming to the end of your journey. You've got about a week to go. Um, yeah. The next podcast we record, we'll be back in Sydney. I know, and I'll be exhausted. <laughs> exactly. Now, normally we say that, well, in the last couple of, week, couple of weeks we've been saying that, but those episodes have kind of been pre-recorded, except for the one from last week, mm. um, which was rather spontaneous. Um, but it, it, yeah, next week's one will be next week. For us and for you listening, because um, yeah, you'll be back in Sydney and the adventure will be over, and I will have to wait till October to see you again. However, will you deal with it? I'll be fine. You though, I don't know. Um, <laughs> see how it is. On this episode, though, I think that perhaps we should take a look at your adventure. A little across bit, the UK. yes. Indeed, Let's, you can give us a quick summary, um, and in traditional fashion, as we love to talk about, especially when we're in a pinch for content. Um, not that we are, because no doubt next week we'll continue to review your holiday. Mm. Um, I think that we should talk about the Titanic Museum that you went to ex- to, to explore oh. and see. You can tell me all about what you saw and, and your thoughts and feelings on that and what there was to see, all that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, so let's kick it right off, Drew. All right, well, I don't even know where to begin, really. The adventure began, what, three weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, so we hopped a plane to London via Taipei. Coronavirus. <clears throat> no, you're fine. Anyway, I'm on the show. Um, yes. Yes, uh, we got to London on the 31st of January and found you and Miss Sarah Moon w- awaiting our arrival. Yes, we were. It, it is it, Actually, that's looking back at that, that's a funny moment because um, we, you know, we left our Airbnb, we were not in contact with you because you didn't have SIM cards. In fact, we had yep. your SIM cards. Yep, it was... And oh. and we had the address of where your Airbnb was. It was a little bit hard to find. It was just... It was nighttime. It was raining. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd never been to that part of London. And we were just kind of trying to look around and try and find your mm. your Airbnb. It was in, in you know, short three-story tall um, buildings that there were about 10 that were identical. Yep. Trying to find it. Couldn't work it out. There was no, you know... Um, there was no direct road access to your Airbnb. It was, you know, a main road, and then there were walking paths to all of these identical buildings. It was all a bit chaotic. Sarah and I walked around the block, I think, once, um, <laughs> and then got back around to the front of the building and just stood there and happened to turn around. I think Sarah happened to turn around and was like, oh, there, and pointed out, and there was suddenly, ah. from out of nowhere, there was a car now parked on the other side of the road, and it had uh, two Australians sitting in it. That was you two. Oh, okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, yes, you're welcome. But yeah, and then suddenly the four of us were there. Yes. Do you remember that moment? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. You were napping. Yes, yes. I remember. Okay. I remember. I also remember you taking a sneaky photo of me. Did I? 
to put on my damn Facebook. Oh, that's when we all got inside the the um, yes. Airbnb. Yes, yeah, we found we found our way in. Yes, yes, you get away with a birthday post. Yeah, um, well, you did it to me. Yeah, two weeks later for payback. Yeah, but fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the first thing, the first first foray in London. You'd suddenly driven, well, Jesse had driven through London like an absolute champion. Oh yes, because London is chaos. Just like Sarah had driven through London earlier that day to get mm. us there. Um, and then that night we did what? Where do we go? We we roamed. Oh, we found the burger place. Yes, we walked along the Thames at London Borough. We saw the the Shard. Yes. Um, crossed or walked, walked onto on London, London Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. And then walked along the Thames and got some yeah got some burgers at uh, just under uh, London Borough. Yep. And then from there we went across the London Bridge to get some drinks. Yes. At Monument. I believe. Um, Paddy came and joined us, which yep, was yep, lovely. Yeah, Matt, pa- uh, Matt, your mate, Pat. Pat. Yes. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, and then we yeah. all got uh, the trains back, and that was We that. did, yes. You had a crack on the, the tube as well, which is cool. Then, God, the next few days are a blur. We're, we went out the next day. We did. We were going um, to do a walk. We ended up going to Buckingham Palace. Um, we all met at Victoria the next day. Yeah. Victoria Station. Um, wandered around there. We went to our very first Pret, yours and mine. You hadn't been before that? No, I'd never been to Pratt before. I had no idea. Yeah, I thought you had already been. No. No. That's wow. What, that's why I was interested in trying it too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we all went to Pratt, uh, of course, because they're, you know, within about four meters of, of each other all over the city. Yep. Um, and uh, then we explored London, uh, went to Buckingham Palace, of course, got used to some pictures of that, walked along that, um, that main kind of stretch which takes you to Trafalgar Square. Yep. Went to Trafalgar Square, um, and then we, from there, just uh, explored, I think. We, did, we went to Harrods that day, didn't we? We went to Harrods, we went to the toy shop. Hamleys, of course. Yeah. We did a little bit of Thames walking. Um, was it that day that we went to the London Eye? I think it, I think may, it we was. Went, yeah, we, we did it the was. London Eye that night. Yeah, we did the London Eye that night. We went yep. to Wagamama's, of course. Yeah. Along the Thames as well, um, which is also quite near the Tate mm. Modern. Um, yeah. And then we went, yeah, on London Eye, and then all got too cold and went home. Yep, that, that's pretty bang on accurate. Exactly. The next day, Sarah and I went to um, see some of her family in London, and you and Jesse went we to... We went to the Globe that morning. You went to the Globe, and then you went to a bar to, or a pub to watch... Six Nations. Yeah, um, had lunch with that. Paddy and his other half, and then Jesse went home for a rest. You came and joined us at the pub, the pub, and then we went to M M's World. We did. Went to Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Circus. We also went, went to, to Leicester Square. Yes, Leicester, Leicester Square. And then we went for a walk from Leicester Square, Leicester Square via Piccadilly Circus. Past um, Big Ben. Well, we went the other way first to try and find you a jacket, but then all the shops closed because London closes at 6pm. Because, um, of course, it does. And and, that, but that was on a Sunday, yeah, to be fair. still, come on. Anyway, then we did that and uh, went for a walk here past Big Ben, yeah. um, past Westminster, and then kept walking along the Thames, crossed over the Vauxhall Bridge, which takes mm-hmm. you to Vauxhall and takes you to MI6, or as they call it here, the National Security Building or something like that. Yep. Went for a stroll all the way back to the London Eye again, mm. and we got on the trains home from Waterloo. 
big walk. Big walk. Good walk. Huge walk. My feet were knackered by the end. Yeah, I, just, I, I dropped as soon as I got back. And at that stage, Sarah and I then, well, the next day, Sarah and I drove back with uh, her sister and her, boy, her sister's boyfriend to yep. Leeds. And you guys did what on the Monday? What did we do on the Monday? We hopped in the car and went to... Wrong. You missed something. What did I miss? Knock. Oh. Oh, we went north of London. Jesse had a appointment for a tattoo. Yes. Of course. How could I forget that? Yes. They, uh, just if you heard that in the background, that was me tapping on my leg trying to point out... Tap, tap, leg. Yeah. Tap, yeah. tat. Yeah, I'm dealing, dealing with the itchiness of my own one right now. Exactly. But no, so you went for the tattoo. Well, well, Jesse went for the tattoo. You went along. Yes. How many hours did it take? Do you remember? Several? Four hours? Four hours. That's not bad. It was about four hours. Um, stuck it out like a champ. She did a great job, no doubt. And uh, then managed to drive as well after having the tattoo. Oh, that was after we had to find a parking spot. That was, that was interesting. <laughs> right. Oh, lordy, that was interesting. Uh, and then, so you have the tattoo, and then from where? Um, no, we had another night in London. Oh, did you? Oh, you guys left, oh, you guys left on Tuesday then? Yes, we had one more night in London. Of course you did. Yes, okay. which was probably for the best. Okay. Gave us a chance to rest up. Yep. And then the next day, we went to Bath. Uh, now, I'm, I've been to Bath very briefly, um, and that was when, yeah, that was in 2008, early December 2008, and uh, my family and I were on our first f- first complete family holiday. Um, Dad never used to come on our adventures when we were younger, because he'd stay home, and so it'd be mum and my sisters and myself. So this time it was like the complete family, and we, Ooh. from London, went to Stonehenge and Salisbury. Lovely. And uh, then back home via Bath, but it was... Winter, so obviously it was dark by about three o'clock in the afternoon. We went to Stonehenge. Yeah. I don't remember if it was before or after Bath. Now, uh, it was probably after because it was it's further away. Yeah, I think. Um, Must have been on our way to Wales. Now, did you stay the night in Bath? We stayed two nights in we Bath. Two nights in Bath. So we actually got a decent chunk of time there, mm-hmm. and, and it was lovely. And it's hands you, down best place of the trip. Well, I was about to say, do, do you you rate it as the best? Oh, Why? Yeah. What? What? What makes it that special? The town is beautiful. Yes. The people were nice. The atmosphere was nice. It was just there. There was this overwhelming feeling throughout the place with just being wonderful and lovely and warm. Mm. I love the way that Jesse described it. I think Jessie described it best when she was saying, because when we were in Edinburgh, she, she mentioned it, that, that she loved it so much, and she also rated it as the mm. best by the trip. Um, and she said that it was it was perfect because it was um, small town enough, yep. but because it's also a tourist place, there's enough nightlife, enough happening to make mm. it kind of exciting to be there. So it's the right sort of feeling of a of, of smaller town or smaller city. Oh, it was, but but it's also yeah. loud enough and, and enough excitement going on. It was a very good balance, and the place was really nice. We we went to a lot of different places there, even in the short period of time. We found a lovely place for dinner the first night, just down the road. The next day, um, one of my oldest friends came and met up with us, and we roamed around the city a little bit. We went for lunch... Um, saw the cathedral, which is beautiful. Went to the baths, mm-hmm. of course, which were absolutely fascinating. 
Um, we went out for dinner that evening, discovered the wonders of the beautiful beer, Bira Moretti. Mm-hmm. Oh, delicious. Had a couple of them. So that's changed your life. It's really nice. <laughs> Had it again today. Well, it's changed your life then. Yeah. It's done its job. Yeah. Um, then on the third day, we rose. Bad pun. Continue. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> on the third day, we packed up. Um, if I remember correctly, we chuffed into chuffed down to town. Yeah, we went into town again, went to the Jane Austen Centre, which was wonderful. Fantastic. Nice. Did you know that, that uh, well, not did you know, but there was a, a TV show which I love very much, Grand Designs, uh, was doing an episode in Bath once. Were they? Um, and uh, that's where the host, Kevin McLeod, informed me of what, well, everyone watching, not just me, um, what the term daylight robbery meant. What does it mean? Of course, daylight robbery means that uh, back in the day, England used to have attacks on windows, Hmm. um, because obviously it was a sign of wealth, so then people were uh, taxed for the number of windows they had, so people used to board up the windows, or in in place of windows, would have windows painted onto the building, which would prevent people from having daylight to come into their house, because they were being taxed for having daylight come into their house, hence the term daylight robbery. Jeez. Robbing people of daylight. Yes. I learned that because Kevin McLeod was in Bath. Insane. Yes. Um, continue. Anyway, um, from Bath. Stonehenge, what do you think of Stonehenge? Stonehenge, or do you not yeah. remember it enough? I remember it. Stonehenge was, it, it was awesome because you could see it a mile off. Yeah. And we got stupidly excited seeing it, and then we're like, wait, but how do we get there? We go past it. Yep. So we've gone past, found found our way into the place. You have to walk. You have to park in the car park on the outside of the, the highway, then walk under the highway to get into the We didn't triangle. have that. We had to. So when I was there, what? the, the um, visitor center was on the outside of the highway, because Stonehenge is on that triangle, basically, between three A roads. You know, it sits there in the middle of the... There's the field that it's in, but then there's three main A roads that, that surround it. Yeah. Because um, they they can't have them, obviously, meet in the middle there because Stonehenge is there. So so, so when we were there, the, the visitor centre was on the outside of the field, and you then had to... And you could park your car there. You then had to walk down steps and walk under the roadway and up the other side to get into the little field that it's So either... In. How long ago did you do it? 2008. So they must have moved the visitor centre. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have that issue. For us, we drove past so it was on our right. Right, yep. Right, so we've driven past. It's on our right. We've gone past it, come up to an intersection, turned right, gone down this road. Gone bounding over. Yeah, bounding over. Right down the end of this road. Yes. And turned into the car park there. Yes. Walk down to the visitor centre, and then from the visitor centre, they have buses running constantly, so we hopped on a bus that took us straight up to it. See, for us, the walk was about 40 metres. So we didn't have that. We weren't that close to it. We had to go really far past it and double back. Yeah, we didn't have to do that. 
And there was and there was no going through an underpass. Yeah, so we had to go up through there was an underpass. None of that because the car park was literally on the other side of the road. So we're basically just there. So I think they moved it then. Yeah. In the last twelve years. Yeah. Maybe. But the center was awesome. Um, there, there was a really interesting experience there. Mm. Like, um, you could go through and explore the things that have been found there, what they actually understand about the place, and how it's evolved over centuries, and even how it's evolved over the last century. Because and... it did. It was so many different purposes in mm. the same place, and its, yeah. its layout has changed, and they've found, uncovered things that were from different hinges and different 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 layouts yeah. and things you know and wider arcs in fact i think in the last five years they found an arc that was or a circle mm. that was so much further out than i thought it was in the first place there's also been a lot of tampering with it unfortunately yes turned so. out in the last century a lot of people were breaking off bits of the rock to keep as mm-hmm. mementos they were scratching their names into the rock it's, it's disgraceful it's, it's horrific it's, it's also in many ways like the pyramids yes the fact that you can see the the polished stone at the very top, the rest of it's been stolen, mm. and is probably in many sites around Egypt. Oh, of course. You know now. Um, yeah, awful. But um, okay, yes. So you went there, and then where'd you go from there? Uh, we would have continued on to Cardiff. Yes. Which was lovely. Now, were you now is Cardiff in Wales? Is it in South Wales though? Or is it? Yes. Okay, so you've come from New South Wales and then you've gone into South Wales, to yes. the old South Wales. Yes. Or is it a New South Wales? Is it in the south of Wales? Is New South Wales a new part of South, a new version of South Wales, or is it a new, more southern Wales? I have no idea. Oh, come on. Okay. Um, okay, so you went to Cardiff and tell me about Cardiff. Cardiff was wonderful. Got to um, see sights of Doctor Who. Right. Which was very exciting. Did you hear the Welsh accent? Yes. How fantastic is the Welsh accent? Beautiful accent. It's like it's basically like watching Fireman Sam. It is like watching Fireman Sam. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was thinking it while we were there too. It's like oh. Punty Punty. Oh. Um any ridiculously hilarious long signs? There were quite a few. <laughs> and are you uh everything was written in Welsh. Were the toilets I think I'm trying to think which one men are. Are men fur or mm, I can't remember what the man one is. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, no. Wales was lovely. We did um, we did a night in Cardiff, and then what did we do after that? Did you go we went and got the ferry to Ireland. Yeah, the following afternoon we took we drove we drove to we went from Cardiff. Mm-hmm. We went to get the ferry, but we stopped somewhere. Was it Swansea? I don't know. Did Might do have it? been Swansea. But anyway, then you got the ferry into Ireland. Yes, and what we got the ferry. Uh, ooh, well, we got the ferry, and then, God, we drove through the through the pitch black and the bucketing down rain, but Welcome. we eventually found the place. Welcome to here. No, this was worse than anything we'd seen in England. Well, that, <laughs> I'm trying to think what what's that what's the what's that sea called the sea between the two? 
Ireland, the island of Northern oh. Northern Ireland and Ireland and the UK, England. I don't, I don't know. remember. Anyway, that part just creates like absolute yep. catastrophic weather at yep. all times. Um, yeah, Dublin. You got to Dublin. Oh, that was days later. But anyway, you so got we... to Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking Skipping at the time it. now, Drew. Oh, we're at 20 minutes. So you got to Dublin. Yeah, so after hop, skip, and jump, and... What was that? There was Kilkenny, Cork, Killarney, um, Galway, what? and then Dublin. What were they like, those other ones, really briefly? Just wrap them up all in one. Uh, Kilkenny was pretty. Um, Killarney was beautiful. Cork was... Cork was very nice. <laughs> Galway was... Galway was really good. Yeah. Galway was like was really nice. We had a nice place to stay at and we found nice places to wine and dine and just a pleasant place to walk around really. Fantastic. And in fact, I've just come up with a great way to make this uh, be able to because I was I was terrified that we're actually not going to be able to talk about the rest of this next week as well. Um let's make Dublin the last stop. Of this, no, no, no. In fact, Belfast will be the last stop of I this. Mean, yeah, we'll, we'll this get, to, we'll get to Belfast. We'll get to Belfast, and then we um, can continue going with um, the trip, the rest, of the second half of the trip next week. Yeah, because we need to get to the Titanic Museum as well. We do. But so yes, you got to Dublin. Dublin was well. We went from Galway to Dublin, which is driving from one end of the country to the other. Mm-hmm. And the halfway point was a town called Athlone. Athlone. Never heard Athlone. of it. Um, it is home of Sean's Bar, which is arguably the world's oldest bar. Okay. And how was, was that? Incredible. Yes. Describe it. Tell me. Just tell us. Whatever you think the oldest bar you've ever seen is, just, this looks older. <laughs> By a long shot. You're thinking worn floorboards or like tiled it's, or like it's slate yeah, floors. Worn, or like worn floors. Very dark, wooden, lots of candles, mm-hmm. just... Lovely. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. And, yep, yeah, we got to go in there and enjoy a pint of Guinness. One of several, several pints we've enjoyed. Naturally. Um... And then went for lunch, and then we continued on our merry way to Dublin. Yes. Dublin... We had to park outside the city. You had to do because a park and ride? We had to do a park and ride. With big. suitcases and everything? Oh, yeah. Fun? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, we, we, we did try to park in the city. That was horrendous. And then Jesse found us a park and ride, which was wonderful. It was only one train stop from where we needed to be. Yeah. Which was very good. Convenient. Incredibly. Also, the hostel was right up from the train station like just over the road right so made that easy um we made our merry way got to the hostel it was a pod hostel describe it i have no idea what a pod hostel is like we got to sleep in pods it's like a japanese yeah yeah like the capsule hotels right yeah really it was kind of like that yeah no 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 closed in Metal or glass casing or whatever. Was just... that fun though? Thing to put? Was it yeah, slightly yeah. claustrophobic. No, well, I, like... I didn't find it claustrophobic. It was just a curtain at, at your feet to, yeah. to close, and you had the. Do you? It's almost like being in a submarine. 
Kind of. So you have two sets of lights in there. There was a top light, mm-hmm. and then there was a backlight behind the headboard, mm-hmm. which was cool. But Do you have pictures of the hotel room? I might have a picture the, of the, it. The pod? I might. I feel like I would. Surely you would. It was really cool. I, th- I think I took a photo. Um, I I really liked that. Uh, Dublin was interesting. I think we were staying in a in a darker part of town. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Slightly shady part of town. Yeah. Notice a lot of people spit, which I didn't I like. I find that revolting. I, I did, I, I find I did it too. So revolting. Like, like, I just, I don't know. It's such it was, an unnecessary thing. It is. Just like, swallow was, your saliva. Are you that retarded? It was just as, like, I would just notice that people were not spitting and then I'd see spit on the ground anyway and I went, gross. But no, um, Dublin was nice. I I roamed a little bit mm-hmm. of the evenings, and it was cool. Where did you go to the movies? I went to the movies in Dublin. It was I, Dublin. You yeah, it was Dublin. I went. I went in the morning. I took a walk. Went and saw Bombshell. Um, apt name for that movie. <laughs> Very apt name. Um, found another toy shop. Of course. Did a bit of Roman. Um, Jesse and I went to the Guinness Storehouse. Yes, which was incredible. Uh, tell me about that now. I've been to the, I've been to so so in Amsterdam they have the Heineken um, Museum slash old brewery, which then shows you the process of it all, shows you the old tanks and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and then there's plenty of Heineken to be tasted. Of course. Um. That's a pretty cool experience. Pretty fun place. Yeah. Tell me about the Heineken. Oh, sorry, the Heineken. The Guinness the one. The Guinness one. First of all, it's huge. Yes. Second of all, it has the world's largest pint glass, which you physically stand in. Wait. Oh, I see. I thought so. It's, so, not, it's not a pint. It's a pint glass. A enlarged, pint glass like blown up. Blown up to sent to be the centerpiece of the museum and it goes up all five floors. Is it a single piece of glass? No. Oh, I imagine that. That'd be cool. That'd be the world's largest piece of glass as well. It would. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, continue. Anyway, um, we got in there, we went straight up and got a bite to eat, got a steak and Guinness pie, which was delicious. Actually. Oh, just quickly, um, side note. What? Okay, you said you got, um, yeah. you got a bite to eat. Yes. What movie is it where someone says, when I can eat a bite, I need to bite. Bite, eat a bite. Bite, 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 tweet, eat, bite. Is that in Glorious Bastards? No. What is that? It's Tom Hanks' film. Um, The Terminal. Yes. Yeah. Boom. Continue. Right. Sorry. I can. I always think um, that when I see hear people say bite, tweet. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the Guinness Storehouse is incredible. Um, absolutely incredible. It takes you through the entire process of how Guinness is made. Awesome. So you do see the process. You see the process and you learn the history of Guinness as well. Mm-hmm. So together, very fascinating. And we got to pour our own pint and learn how to correctly pour Guinness. That's cool that they do that. It was very cool. And What's, we have certificates. What is the official way to do it? So you... Use the glass as your guide. You hold the glass to 45 degrees. Yep. You pour until it reaches the harp. Yep. Then you tilt the glass upright. As soon as it gets to the top of the harp, you stop. You let it sit for 90 seconds. After 90 seconds, you bring it back and you continue to fill to the top. 
Okay. What's most interesting to me is that the harp is the name of the thing on the glass. I didn't know that. The Guinness harp. Yeah, that, so that the harp... That, of course there's the harp on yeah. the, the glass. Yeah. I didn't realise that that's used as a marker almost to... For pouring Guinness use it as a marker, which yeah. is clever. Well, because well, yeah. well, as I learned from Sarah, every beer is meant to be to come in their own glass. Yep. You know, every beer brand should provide not, their own glass. Yeah, not something that we get back home. No, but that's the way it's supposed to be. So, yep. for example, here I have the Camden um, pale, uh, Camden yep. ale. Yep, and they have that, their that, own that glass. It comes in its own specific yep. shape, size yep. glass. Um, we noticed it whenever we've ordered beer on Moretti. Yeah, it comes in its yep. own style glass, so yep. the, the, the company should provide the glass for it. So then Guinness has it, and they printed the harp at a certain level, so that way that's the marker for the for Guinness. Yeah. That's clever. Very. So yeah, Guinness was amazing. Absolutely loved every second in that place. Yep. Um, yeah. What was after that? We left Guinness, took a nice walk back through town. Mm-hmm. We had a massive walk that day beforehand as well, going through everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we next made our way from Dublin up to Belfast. So you crossed via, the border via Winterfell, which is cool. Tell me about that place. I know. I know. No doubt there. I mean, obviously, there's not an actual castle there because there isn't. It's no, a, but it's a hill, but and a courtyard, and mm-hmm. it, it was very interesting. It was really cool. We, we got there. About what a minute or two after it closed, That's but it was nice. but it was still technically open. Mm-hmm. Just all the all the tours and all the people and that mm-hmm. had gone, so we essentially had the place to ourselves. That's fantastic. It was it was dead, so we got to roam, take as many photos as we wanted, and didn't have to pay for any entry or anything. Fantastic. <laughs> it was all open, so we just went in. Um, is it completely remote, or is it near a town, or is it? <laughs> Like, like, is it a drive in the middle? Are you driving? You, you have to make a drive to get there, mm. uh, but then you double back a, a little bit back onto the main road, and sure. then you can sure. continue on. Sure, it's. But, I mean, it's no doubt private property. Uh, it's the National Trust. Okay, it's owned that's by interesting. The that's Trust. interesting that they allowed them to use that for yeah thing. Oh, because it's uh, part of a castle grounds. Okay, all right. Yeah, there is a castle on the grounds, and it's part of that. Okay, no no worries, sure. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, you drove on to Dublin then. That's cool. I, I, I need From to see Dublin fo- to Belfast. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. we drove to Be- Belfast. I need to see photos of uh, Winterfell, by the way, at some stage. I do have them, um, yes. Yeah, so you drove on to Belfast, and Belfast is obviously Northern Ireland. That's where um, one of my good mates, Owen, hails from. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I should have given you the details to where his mother lives. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, so, so you you went to Belfast, and Belfast, of course, has other other strong ties to us. It does. It does. It is the birthplace of Titanic. It is. First of all, the city. How's the city itself? Beautiful. Beautiful. Great place. Beautiful. I could have spent a month just there. Yeah. So Belfast is an actually is a wonderful place to go. It is actually a wonderful place to go, and and different yeah. and temperament via from between. Irish and Northern Irish. I think I prefer the, the Northern Irish accent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit softer. It's they nice. roll other words, though. They do. Um, it was interesting. I just, I really loved Belfast in general. Mm. 
a lot more than Dublin. Yeah. Significantly more. Right. Just found it to be a nicer place to be in. Um, Architecture-wise, Dublin and Ireland, uh, Dublin and Belfast. I can't picture what Dublin looks like. Belfast. Dublin. Have... Dublin looks very built up with modern yeah. buildings, whereas Belfast, or old town, feels very traditional, and they've put modern things into the traditional buildings. Yeah, that's that's the way. I, I that's yeah. a great way of doing it, and a great way of being able to hold on to what buildings are. It's very nice how they've set up Belfast. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. But yes, uh, we got to Belfast. We made our way around town a bit, but we did make our way to the Titanic Museum. And now we've got about ten, ten minutes. minutes to go. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. Tell me all about this museum. The what Titanic you want, Museum. Okay, so it is built just on the heels of where the shipyard was, where Titanic and Olympic were constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually see from the museum just straight out to where the two ships were built, because it is literally right next to it. There is a metal outline of both ships on the ground where they sat, where the yard was. Wow, that's and you cool. Could, and, and we did, Jesse and I walked the length of the Titanic. And, I mean, because it's not so big compared to modern liners, but is it still big? big? It's still, it takes a couple of minutes to walk from one end to the other. Right. It's, you feel the gravity of it when you're there. The museum itself is very interesting. It talks a lot about the history of Belfast and what led to people coming to the town and to how they would fall into the line of work that led to shipbuilding and how the town centered around it and how particularly with the construction of Olympic and Titanic, how that Mm. created such an economy for the town. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it was, it was the town's baby very much Mm. and that they were setting it out into the world. What heartbreak then for them when it sunk? Exactly. Um, but, you know, it, it was a very moving, very interesting place. You will absolutely adore it. You do need to make sure you go over there and mm. visit it. It was incredibly interactive, really clever. They even had a ride in the middle of it. Oh, what there sort of a, ride is... You'd sit in this, in this um, thing and... It'd move up and down, take you through the process of them building the ship. Right. It was really cool. Um, we obviously have enormous fascination with the Titanic. Yes. Um, what's, what I find interesting about the museum and is its existence, had the Titanic been a bit like the Olympic and just existed... You know, the Olympic did a fantastic job and they called it the old reliable Mm. and it kept going and doing its job. Um, It ferried people for war as well. um, And then it returned to service and then it kind of got to the end of its life and then it was scrapped, which I find it awful. I wish they didn't scrap it. Imagine having that piece of history. It's a significant piece of history because it's the sister of the Titanic or is it the Titanic? Who knows? Um, No, conspiracy theory aside, what's, what's interesting is that Honestly, if the Titanic hadn't sunk in such spectacular fashion on its you know, maiden voyage, mm. um, you well, know, all and all the things that go along with it, and have you know such high, highly regarded guests on board as well, um, we probably wouldn't have the museum and wouldn't you know wouldn't learn. have the current maritime laws. 
No, yeah, we, we in, exactly. Um, what, what's what's interesting is that all of this existing, our fascination with this ship, our mm. well, the, the the laws we have that save people's lives to this day. Yeah, all of this comes about because the ship sunk. And if the ship didn't sink on in that situation, you know, had it perhaps been like the Britannic, maybe you know, where it, where it hit mm. on mine in in the um, where is it the Adriatic Sea? Is it? I'm not sure. Yeah, um, ran aground. Yeah, you know, if 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 it had just been normal, you know, and not special in this way, this museum wouldn't exist. This fascination wouldn't exist. Yeah, nothing about it exists. Um, we 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 question all the time. What if they did something different? You know, what if they headbutted the the um, iceberg? As you yeah. say, I think as a result of being at the museum, what if they, you know. Turn to port instead of starboard. Well, that that one's been up for years. Like, 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 why did they choose the way they did? They could have gone hard to port, but the museum, the museum is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is hard to walk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, just emotionally, I found it really tricky. Just being in the presence of all of that information mm-hmm. and more. And seeing what you see there, it, it very similar to the experience we had when we went to the one in Sydney, mm-hmm. the touring exhibition, which is tough. Yeah, I, th- I think the part that of that that got me the most was, in some ways, the one in Sydney was walking on that kind of catwalk above the sand with the the, the relics of the ship, yeah, scattered along, yeah. you know, this this artificial sea floor, that kind of thing of just there's. So they property they have there. a they have a glass floor here as well. The difference is that you're not walking over sand with the relics. You're walking over an aerial underwater view of the ship. Right. So you're walking over the camera, ro- rotating over the top of the ship as it sits on the bottom right now, with a yeah. giant cinema screen next to you, playing footage of it as well. Wow, that's fantastic. It's. Yeah, monumental. But yeah, well worth a visit. Could not recommend that one enough. Um, on the Titanic itself. Yes. Uh, well, not the Titanic so much, but the Titanic Two. <laughs> As in Clive Palmer's Titanic Two. Not the um, not the one that's gonna sit permanently in China inland as a no, not museum. not not that one. Um, the and one that will sail. <laughs> the one that will sail and do the actual route and everything like that. Oh yeah. How do you feel about that one? Mm, I think as a kid, I always would have loved to have seen them build a new Titanic. I think I always thought, oh, you know, that'd be cool if they rebuilt the Titanic, you know, and then mm. everyone could sail and do that cruise. And now, being older, I'm, I almost just never want it to happen. Yeah. Part of me just doesn't want to see it get what, done. What's, what I find interesting is that as I get older, I, I, I can just the other night I watched this, there's a, there's a two-hour, a, a two 40-minute um real-time video of the Titanic sinking. It starts from about five minutes before it hits the iceberg. Yeah. And and then it's just real-time, and you occasionally see bits of dialogue as to what, what was being done at this time. Yeah. As it happens, and, uh, yeah, and... and I... There is such a sequence of calamities that happen 
It's a comedy um, of errors. Comedy of errors, uh, but again, it led to such fantastic modern regulations and rules that, mm. that save people's lives these days. Um, even hearing about what happened to the Olympic and the Britannic, which was in production at the time, or, or about to start production even, I think, at the time, um, and how they retrofitted and changed it and made them double, or twin twin hulled ships and everything like that. You know, huge amount of work had to go into update these ships and everything like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just, I find it fascinating. And, and I'm the same for a long time. I also wanted them to remake the Titanic. But now I'm like, I it's not, it's fascinating, but it's not genuine. So it's not real. Yeah. and It's, it's falsifying... It's a falsified version of what it was. I mean, it was it was cool when we got to walk on the replica staircase. That was interesting. Yeah, but, but I don't I need it on the scale of a ship where you're taking money from me in order to... I think rebuilding the ship, though, I, I think that if you have an interest in the ship and its history, I think you would find it very hard to ever set foot on it. And mm. I think you'd be... They'd... Especially is not the real thing. There'd be fear, there'd be uh, um, anxiety over it. And, and sadness. As sadness well. and reverence. Uh, it, there'd be too many different things that you'd be feeling all at once. Mm. It would be very hard. I'm also learning as I get older, the actual timeline of events in terms of the production and creation of the Titanic in the sense that, you know, it's only been very recent that I, and I mentioned it just today, I think, or yesterday, to you, that, that I, I had no idea that the, the Olympic had been in in service for probably over a year, or, yep. or, or six months to a year, before what happened to the Titanic. I well, knew that there was the incident where it got T-boned by um, another ship, which White Star Line had to fork out the bill for, because the other ship was a government-owned warship, and therefore it had no, could not accept fault. Um, which which is yep. funny for white funny but not funny because it's just like of course the but, politics of it, yeah. but the fact that um, you see I always was under the the understanding that uh, they'd basically been completed at the same time and Olympic was meant to go first, but then the Titanic took the hit, uh, sorry Olympic took the hit and so Titanic went first. But instead, it was Olympic it had been in service for, yeah, well over six months, and therefore Titanic was just being launched, and this happened to be when they went for it. Um, mm. Well, I, it's interesting how you mentioned the timeline on that as well, because the other really cool aspect of the museum is that they have permanently docked just next to the museum the SS Nomadic, mm -hmm. which was built at the same time as Olympic and Titanic. Mm -hmm. It went into production after them, but was completed before them. Because it was much smaller. It and was a ferry, basically. Yeah, it was built to ferry the first and second class passengers <laughs> from the ports onto the ship. Like, for example, in France. Yep, and it ferried the unsinkable Molly Brown. It did, and of course, in James Cameron's Titanic, you do see, there's one scene where you see Nomadic, um, Nomadic out front. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and it was there, and we got to walk through it. It's fantastic. It's part of the part of the ticket to the museum. You get access to the nomadic. What does this museum cost to enter? What do we pay? 
Is it worth the price of admission? We paid like nineteen pounds each or yeah, something. So something completely just arbitrary. It's fine. Yeah, the equivalent back home mm-hmm. about forty bucks. Which but it's well worth for it. me. I I would have paid more than that comfortably for what we got out of it. I'm still disappointed that the Olympic was scrapped. I wish that they knew what the significance in today's world would be. You can still see Britannic. Britannic sits... It's at the bottom of the the Mediterranean, so it's actually quite pleasant water temperatures, and Mm. you can go... Yeah, that's true. But but it's painted in its... I don't know if you can even tell what its paint job is anymore, the the white with the the red cross and the green stripe, because it was, of course, um, His Royal Highness's medical ship, whatever it was. Um, hospital ship. I can't yep. remember what it was. The, but anyway, you know, it's it's not the same thing. The the Olympic and the Titanic were the headliners. The headliners. Yep. Olympic was the the leader of the Olympic class ship. Titanic mm-hmm. was its sister. Um, Olympic was the old reliable. Soon got out. Was always outpaced. It wasn't the fastest. None of them were the fastest ships, but they were the largest and most luxurious. And Titanic and, was slightly larger. Uh, yeah, and then then suddenly they it wasn't the most luxurious anymore, and something else was, and therefore Olympic just had no place anymore and was too expensive to have. But if mm. only someone had docked it, a bit like the Queen Mary, how it's just docked in where is it? It's uh, Long Beach, them. Long Beach, California, I think. Yeah, I think it's Long oh, Beach. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, imagine if they just did that with the Olympics somewhere. Parked It'd it be up. cool. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. But, I'm glad they've done it with the nomadic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, I think that I think for Belfast it would be symbolic for them to have the Olympic there, mm. sitting there. Um, but it's not to be. No. And the history lives on. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up Belfast and part one. And part of... one. So we'll continue part two next week. When yes. I'm home. Yes. But of course, before we wrap up the show, yes, of course, we have to give away our sick Kent of the week. Yes, we do. Drew, Philip, who is our sick Kent of the week? Because you don't have one. Correct. Um, I actually do have one. Exactly. Um, my cohort on this journey, who has done an incredible job of all the driving. Yes. An absolutely incredible job of all the driving, and putting up with me and my annoyingness. Yep, we all know that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank You're you for welcome. agreeing. And Always. who also <laughs> made the briefest of hollow appearances last week. Yes. As well. So, Jesse, you are our sick Kent of the week. Boom! Of course she is. Absolutely. Mm. Congratulations to young Jessup. Indeed. Our sick Kent of the week. Join us again next week as we give you part two of the uh, Drew and Jesse adventures through the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Um, next week you will hear uh, the adventure across the sea to Scotland. Scotland. My birthday adventures in Edinburgh. Of course. And then down to Leeds and then eventually down to London and home. Lovely. Good totally stuff. Good. Drew, thank you as always. Philip, thank you. Thank you. How do we end this show? Yep. Yeah.